Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. I'm Alex Gehring. Bobby, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm doing just fine. It's, it's, it's the day after election day. I know. Odds are the votes are still being counted and we still don't know anything. I have a feeling that's what's happening. By the way, it's two weeks in the past right now for us. And so we're just guessing what the future is going to hold. We have no idea. There might be mass chaos or there may not be. Also, COVID might be gone today because I've been told that COVID's going away on November 4th. So <laughs> did we all wake up and COVID was gone? No, have you not? Do you not have the Facebook friends that are all just fully decided that COVID is 100% gone the day after the election? I have seen that, that people are convinced that it's 100% a political thing and all this stuff. And I, I don't know. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yep. It's real, guys. I've lost actual family members to it. So it's, it's real. Same. Yep. 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 So it's yep. a legit thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so I, but we're doing good today. We're doing good today, two weeks today from now. Fine. I don't know what's going on right now, but right now we're doing good. We're doing I don't know what I'm talking. The sun is shining. It's 70 degrees out. I have no idea what it's like early November, but right probably now it's cold. I don't I don't mean to be negative about the day that this is airing, but right. it's probably a lot colder the day that this is airing than it is right now. It's early November in Kansas City. We you could don't be, know. We could have a snowstorm or we could all be running around in bikinis, one of the two. But right now Right it's now, beautiful. it's a beautiful day in Kansas City. That's all I have to say. So, hey, Alex, so a couple of episodes ago, you asked me if I had watched The Social Dilemma yet. So we watched it. It's heavy. I, okay, here's where I should interview you about this because I don't feel like I learned anything from it. Really? Like, I feel like on some level, like I knew all you of knew this. knew it all. Yeah, no, I, for real. Yeah, I get that. And it was, it was disheartening to feel like I knew this. But like, you're already doing you're you're doing it anyway, right? Yeah, that's that that's that's almost exactly how I felt. Um, so for those of you guys, for, for those of you guys, for <laughs> those of you that haven't watched it, um, first of all, you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like incredible cinematography or anything. In fact, there are a couple of parts where Pete from Mad Men is super weird, and he's <laughs> you just kind of have to ignore a few of those parts. He's like the personification of the Facebook algorithm. And it's, that part's a little weak. But other than that, it's really interesting content and it's very thought-provoking. And like Bobby said, you're totally right. Yeah, I, you're watching it and you're like, oh, well, yeah. And then it just kind of dawns on you, why am I letting these companies do this to me? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we allowing these companies to... Um, to allow bad actors within their platforms to manipulate uh, the masses. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, really, I, I really encourage you to watch it. Um, what, but you don't feel like you got anything new out of it, really? Well, no, but I mean, I, I, you know, and I think the main point, and I think this is what a lot of people lose, especially as we've been going through this election season and as we've been going through a pandemic at the same time, because why not have both at the same time? is that the things that you see are not the things that the person sitting next to you sees. You're specifically being fed certain ideas that support the ideas you already have, and you're also being fed ideas that are exact opposite 
of the ideas that you have. And there's very little middle of the road. There's very little, and especially for those of us that have several thousand Facebook friends or several thousand um, things we follow on Insta or Twitter, we're seeing a very specialized feed to us, which when we go into Netflix, okay, it's kind of cool that no Netflix knows what I like to watch and makes suggestions to me. Yeah. It, it's I'm a service my... at that point. It's it's filtering out the the thousands of uh, of available movies right. and TV shows. But when I'm going to my Twitter to get news, or if I'm going to Facebook to see what's going on amongst my friends, I expect that to be all of the results. I expect that to be unbiased and not just put towards the. But we all know about the algorithms. We all know that they're they're built up a certain way. But actually seeing it played out to where everything is being so we're being divided because of social media. Absolutely. I, okay. So here's, here's another piece that, that I took away from it. And this is more of like a personal thing, but if you have an iPhone, take it out right now, unlock it, go to your settings. Okay. And then in your settings, you're going to scroll down until you see screen time. <laughs> no, I don't like my screen time when it kills me my reports on Sundays. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so right under do not disturb, you click on screen time. And for me right now, my, my daily average, it gives your daily average right at the very top. For me right now, my daily average is uh, three hours and two minutes. Okay. Now you can click on see all activity and you can uh, come down to Facebook. So for me, if I click on Facebook, right now it says one hour and 17 minutes. And that sounds like a lot maybe to some of you. But what it was before I watched this show, I was getting close to three hours. But that's the deal. We're spending so much time on these, on these platforms. Mm -hmm. And not, I mean, they, 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 are, they are developed to be an addiction for us. I mean, everything from the little, from the sound, when you pull down to refresh, it's all there to try to trigger uh, dopamine to go into your body and mm -hmm. make you crave this stuff. I mean, it, it's, it's really, we, we really, it, it's a danger. I, I really think that it's a, it's, it's a super dangerous thing. Uh, and Bobby and I have a, have a friend that many of you know named Michael Pierce. I'm just going to call him out right now. And Michael Pierce, that dude doesn't use Facebook. And when he told me that he didn't use Facebook, I thought he was insane. And now I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, he's, he's, he's a smart guy, Michael is. And he is anyway. And you, you talk to him and you know he's a smart guy. He's, he's pretty smart. He might be onto something. Mm -hmm. Now we all need it for marketing. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the we, we tell ourselves that we need it for for marketing. I don't know how many times I've sold the house because of a Facebook ad, but that's what I tell myself. Um, and I, I don't know, eventually we've got to, we've got to do something, um, about it. I just don't know what it is. And I think it starts with looking at your screen time and trying to modify it. I, I put a, a lock on mine, a restriction that limits me to 45 minutes of social media in a day. Um, and I think that that's, that's helping me. Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. Twitter was also one that was pretty high for me. I spent a lot of time on Twitter, not, not tweeting, just mm -hmm. reading stuff people put out. 
Mine's up this week, but I've been typically keeping all of my screen time to about four hours a day or under. And actually, I love the idea of the 45 minutes per day. You know, one of the things I talk about in my mental health class is, is that most people, but especially realtors, before we are even out of bed, we have picked up our phone, we are reading emails, we're reading social media, and we are literally giving ourselves a panic attack before we've even started our day, before we put one foot on the ground and done anything, we are getting our blood pressure up. We are getting our mm -hmm. stress levels up. Why are we doing that to ourselves? Almost everything we have to do in real estate or anything else can be solved later in the day. And it does not need to be the first thing going into our brain then sticks with us for the rest of the day. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, okay. One, one of the, one last thing on this subject that yeah. I have to, I know I've ranted a lot. But one no, we're not thing, done with the subject because my book bit is actually about the subject. So it actually right. works out perfectly. So when we that's get there, right. go ahead. Well, so one of the things that I, I used to teach and that I still believe is true is that, you know, we would, we would do Facebook classes and, and mm -hmm. things. And to me, the most important content on social media is not yours. Um, I use social media to find life-changing events uh, amongst my, my circle. Um, try to try to find reasons to reach out to people to support them, congratulate them, and, and also just you know 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 how I can can help and, and be a friend. Um, so to me, I feel like social media the most important thing is is other people's content. The issue with that right now is that if I'm just looking at other people's content and it's the content that that Facebook's feeding me, uh -huh. if if I listen to Facebook, I mean there isn't a single one of y'all that I want to be sending any messages to. That's all I'm saying. Like, and, and it's like, they know that they yeah. know that it's a, they, they're feeding me things that, that are, that keep me going. That, because even, even that negative energy, that's somehow a dopamine hit. Yep. I mean, we want to stay on even with the negative energy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such an interesting thing. And, um, I, I want to get to a place where I can, I can be done with it. It, I, that is ultimately my goal is to be able to, uh, to, to back away from that. It's just so toxic. I really think that it is. Um, but anything is in, in large quantities. It is. I think, I, I know we normally do the book bit right before we bring on the guest, but I actually think this is actually a good point actually to do the book bit because it actually fits in perfectly to this conversation that we're having. So. Do, 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 do Bobby's book bit. Casey Rare. Um, yeah, that was fun. I loved your enthusiasm for that, Alex. I was really feeling it in my soul. So the book <laughs> that I have for you this week, um, it's actually called Irresistible by Adam Alter. And it's about smartphone addiction. Um, it's about how alarmingly stuck to our devices we are. It shows us the negative consequences of technology addiction, and it gives us tips for healthier relationships in the digital world. So there was a quote, which I really, the book was put out, I think in 2016, 2017, I don't have the actual year in front of me, but there's a quote in the book that deals with 2015. And I know the number's much higher. In 2008, adults spent an average of 18 minutes on their phone per day. In 2015, that number was up to two hours and 48 minutes per day. So an increase of two and a half hours per day in only seven years, which I know if we could do it now, we're probably looking at probably five and a half, six hours a day would probably be most adults. I know 
um, back when I started, back during the pandemic early on when we were quarantined, um, I was talking to some of my friends about their screen times. And at that point, mine was like, Lord, like seven and a half, eight hours a day. It was bad, but I was just sitting and just, I, I, I was so just distraught, not distraught, but I just didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't have the energy to read a book or watch Netflix. I was just playing on my phone all day. So the number one, and we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but the number one lesson from that book is that drug addiction and smartphone addiction bear very shocking resemblances and they both come with similar consequences. You know, when you think about the word addiction, immediately drug and alcohol addiction comes first to mind. But recently, scientists are finding that some of the activities we engage in can affect the brain in a similar way to those severe addictions. Our habitual actions re uh, result in the release of dopamine, which signals intense pleasures in our brain and the problem is the enjoyment we get out of the action decreases each time. So we have to do it more to get that same hit of dopamine. So that dopamine release you get from it grows smaller the more you swipe up in your feed and the more you do it. Um, the second lesson that I got from the book, notifications are wreaking havoc on our productivity, duh, and we should silence them as much as possible. This is actually a lesson I learned back in 2011, uh, before 2000, and before I went on this vacation in December of 2011, and I, I had every possible notification turned on on my phone. I always had the sound on. I was hearing every email come in, every text come in, every tweet. I had everything turned on. And we went to Cabo San Lucas for two weeks, and we only had cell service in the evenings when I was at the restaurant. I could check my email. I became so used to the calmness of not hearing that phone ding all day long that when I came home, the only notifications that actually push through on my phone now are uh, text and phone calls. And since then, like news alerts have started coming up, which I probably need to turn those off. And my phone is never off silent, never off silent. It is always silent because I discovered I it was feeding into my addiction and it was it would kill my productivity just hearing because I would hear a ding. Oh, I must know what it is. I know I must know what it is. Yep. And so I turned it to become just the essential things um, that we needed. And the third lesson so that I can finish this up is that it's much easier to change a bad habit into a good one than it is to just quit cold turkey. You know, so often we think if I just quit cold turkey, if I just turn it all off, I can do it. But then your body starts still craving these certain things. Um, it's Charles Duhigg's, I'm going to say his name wrong. Uh, the Power of Habit is a book he wrote, and he talks about the habit loop. And it's broken down into three parts. There's the cue, the routine, and then the reward. And whenever we just try to cut things out cold turkey, our brains can't deal with that because it's totally breaking a habit. But if we just change what the cue is, if we change what the routine becomes, that's where the good habit part can come in. And then we get a new reward from that. Um, so it, it talks about if you want to a healthier relationship with your technology, you need to replace the routine part of your habit, make a different routine as a part of that. Cause we still need the cue. We still need the reward. Just, we have to change the routine that's in the middle. And that is my book bit for the book Irresistible by Adam Alter. I want to read that.
I think you should. It's a great book. I'll check it out. Check it I'll out from the library. From, from the library? Is that what you said? Yeah, because you go check it out. I'll check it, check it out from the library. Yeah, you're funny. I you're am funny. funny. Hey, hey, oh, hold what? on. We've got a guest today, too. Oh, it's not just and the Bobby and Alex show? It's not just the Bobby and Alex, Alex show today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about video today yep. because during this pandemic, that's all that we've been doing. I mean, let's be real. We're, we're Zooming right now. Yeah. Uh, I've got a hybrid sales meeting where I've got a few people that come in and everybody else is virtual. Um, I mean, we're every, we're, it's all about video at the moment. Yep. It is you know, virtual tours and. Yeah. Um, so today, so we're going to bring in, so we're bringing in actually in-house or bringing in our own video expert here at KCRAR, Josh Rockledge. And he's going to talk about refining your video skills. He started at KCRAR HMLS earlier this year because it's a great year to start a new job. I'm telling you what. And you already actually may have seen some of his work. I've actually been really impressed with Josh. I really love what he's doing. Um, if you saw the recent upcycle videos, also, if you haven't, go watch those because that was a really fun project that we did. Um, he, he did the videos for that. And it was like a half, how many part series was that? Three, five, two, three. I was right. I was like, I feel like it was three, but then maybe I imagined some extra parts. I don't know. Do we have some cut scenes? That would be fun to do. Um, yeah, so he's gonna be in there because obviously we're using video more. I mean, this used to be a face-to-face thing we're doing here. And even though the our end listeners, it's no different from them, it has become different for us because we are doing video. And Let's we're not do seeing- it. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. You ready to bring him on? Bring Josh in. Let's go! Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City has been a partner of KCRARs for years. You've probably heard about the work they're doing to help provide strength, stability, self-reliance, and shelter for the community. But did you know they also run a secondhand store that benefits their organization? The Habitat for Humanity resource sells household items from furniture to appliances to building materials like cabinets, doors, windows, and more. All the proceeds from Restore Sales support Habitat for Humanity's mission to make sure everyone in the world has a decent place to live. There are three main ways you can support Restore and Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City. Donating, volunteering, and shopping. If you have a client who's remodeling or fixing up their home to sell, suggest they donate any unneeded items to Restore so they can be used to raise money for Habitat. Or, if they're looking for second-hand items, Shopping at the ReStore not only supports our community, but also supports building affordable housing around the world. So if you want to learn more about how to donate and volunteer or where you can shop, you can visit habitat.org slash restores, R-E-S-T-O-R-E-S. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here with Josh Rockledge, our video production manager for KCRR and Heartland MLS. Josh, it's good to see you. Oh, and man. We were just commenting. You look, I'll just say you look beautiful, Josh. Thank you. That's very I kind. don't know what you did, but, but you've, really, you've really done something with your camera. <laughs> okay, so for the listeners who don't think that Alex has totally lost his mind, uh, Josh has an amazing camera that is really clear and really good, and he is uh, showing me up on my MacBook, so that happened. It's fine. He's got good lighting, too. Shocking. The video guy has good lighting and a good camera. Hey, I decided to pull out all the stops 
if I'm the video guy, then I gotta, I gotta do it myself. You know, I gotta own up to it. So I like Good it for you. Well, it worked. All right. <laughs> so, so Josh, you are new to KCRAR. You are new to Heartland MLS as of the beginning of this year, which has probably aged you seven years in one year. But <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you do before you joined us? And give us some of your background, and your history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, before KCRIR started in February, uh, I had worked for seven years at a church. So doing a lot of nonprofit stuff. I began in communications. I got my degree in advertising and communications from Avila. And uh, I was going to church at the time at Grace and um, they had an internship there. So that's kind of where I started doing the communications type of thing. And that's what I was really wanting to do. Uh, I was wanting to do it all graphic design, um, that type of stuff. So that's what I started with. And then over the course of time, um, I started doing some video stuff and then I went there full time. So it had been, it's been like six years or so since I've kind of been focusing on this one niche. Um, and it's incredible how much has changed over those past six years and continues to at a pace that is unlike any other, you know? So, um, yeah, I was doing that and just doing different promos, really any type of video you can think of. That's what I was doing and slowly gathered more knowledge and, um, started with, you know, the smallest of things that everyone else does and stuff and just slowly gained, um, gained some, knowledge. So it's been good. I, and now I'm here and I'm really excited because I, over the past um, many months that I've been here, uh, I've done a lot of cool different projects and done a lot of stuff with a lot of different brands. And that's what I appreciate about being here, getting to work with so many different people and stuff. So yeah, it's me. That's awesome. So what's your, what's your favorite project that you've done with KCRAR so far? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, it, it really is. Uh, I, I did really enjoy going to um, the, the battle home. Like that, that was fun because that was one of the first events that we did in a while and um, got to use all my equipment because I hadn't done that in a while. Um, that was back at what, late July and excellent story, excellent people. Um, and just everyone coming together and stuff. You could feel a lot of emotion in that. So getting to work on that was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the mission of it, you know, and you know, Bobby, one of your really good friends and stuff is it, it just cool to learn about that. I like learning things as I'm creating the videos for, and then recently we did the, uh, um, thing for Habitat for Humanity, um, that recycle challenge. I've always wanted to film kind of a, I don't know, reality show. And we totally did. <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to go back for just a sec. Actually, I love that you're doing a reality show with the upcycle challenge. Um, so for those of you that are not aware, um, whenever he said battle home, uh, when he was talking about the battle home, that was the art exhibit at Union Station for the Veterans Community Project. Um, with Mark Solomon. That's, they had the art install for the one day and we had the mayor with us there. And it was a really, really cool event. 
and that reminded me to add a promo right here in the middle of Josh's interview <laughs> is that the Veterans Community Project has their own barbecue sauce right now and it's called Bravo Bravo Q and you can buy it at all the Westlake Ace Hardwares in the Kansas City area and 100% of the proceeds do go to benefit Veterans Community Project. We went and bought some last week. It's even all the way up in St. Joe. And we tried the Texas black pepper and it's really, really good. I also have Casey smoke I'm gonna try next. So pulling it all together, let's come back to what we're talking about, which is <laughs> video. And let's talk the age old question of when you're shooting on your phone. Do you yeah. shoot vertically? Do you shoot horizontally? Why? What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, man, this this used to be a very easy answer, you know? It used to be like, of course you shoot um, horizontally. Like, there's no question. It, it was mind-numbing at the start of when we were just getting our phones and, and everything started going, the, the internet started to come onto your phone and it made more sense. But I, I'm sorry, there was just plenty of people who were not doing it not doing it horizontally and it was cringing but that's changed a lot like you can look at instagram is a perfect example because they're the people who take whatever um is on the trend and they're whether they made it up or someone else made it up they're going to take it and they're going to put it on their app so all of that that the answer to that question is different for each app and inside each app it's different too so you have a lot of vertical video. In fact, um, they now have uh, plenty of things to help you flip your camera where you normally were horizontal. And this is like full on video production professional. We're putting our cameras up so uh, that we're vertical and you're putting it on gimbals that way because content is being made specifically for that and actually when you're angled the opposite way it's not very helpful you're not getting the amount of pixels um that you could be um, and, and so that is becoming professional it used to not so a lot of vertical video makes tons of sense uh when you're talking to someone on facebook uh trying to communicate to them and that's what's important you can do vertical because you're trying to scroll through as a user, you're just scrolling and whatever catches you, your eye the most. And when you're doing something horizontally and you, you have a really well-made video, well, it's just not taking up that screen space, you know, that it used to. Now on a desktop, it's fantastic. And I actually, I use my phone a ton, but I use a really big desktop too. So I, I appreciate both, but strictly speaking, when you're trying to get someone's attention, it makes sense on your Facebook, you know, you're doing stuff that's vertical. Um, but I then, feel like stories uh, change the game on that too. Yep. Stories yep. like just, yeah, gotta be vertical on a story. Uh, I hate it. I'll just be <laughs> honest. You hate vertical? I, I do. I, stories. I'm not into the stories. Oh, I'm not into I know stories. No, no. There are benefits to the stories, I, I know, but you know, I just, just, I feel old saying it, but it's just not my, not my jam. Yeah. I'm almost old enough to be all your parents all together. And <laughs> I don't like stories and I'm not, I don't like my content to go away. I took all the time to create it. I want it to stay. Yeah. It's so, so true. And it's 
it's very difficult as someone who makes content and spends a lot of time and I hope everyone loves it. And then it's, Oh, it's whisked away with the wind and st- you know, and it's, it's really kind of sad, like separately, just psychologically it's stuff, what social media has kind of done to, you know, an art form, but now it's just consume, 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 you know, and you know what, like, if you're going to make content, you can't just say, well, that's crap. You know, it's like, Oh, you gotta get with the times you if you want to do video then you gotta know some of this stuff you know you got and you got to learn to embrace it in some way but i would say yeah i would agree with stories i do i do now like it uh, a bit more than when it first began i was like it goes away that's dumb that's really dumb but now like on instagram you can categorize it and and sure. it comes back so you have your users go to your main your main page and stuff and then they can be like oh oh yeah like i can look back on your different topics and stuff so that definitely helped it that makes more sense now you know that all that content didn't go to waste and stuff so yeah what about framing a shot josh yeah uh framing a shot too well now with the advent of say what do i want to be like over here in the in the frame yeah, yeah. Right now, Alex is to the very right and down in the corner, hunched over. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. You don't want to uh, be like that, especially when we're just talking purely. You're you're trying to talk to people um, to the camera. You're wanting to look into the camera, and you're wanting to be front and center. Really, most of the time with. Um, phones and with just regular cameras on your laptop you actually have a bubble effect that you may or may not see but it's definitely there I don't know if you've ever taken a picture with your phone or especially selfie camera oh my gosh like you look at it and you're like my face is not that long um, this is weird that's because there is um, this bubble effect as you get to the outside edges so definitely being front and center that's going to always help you. Now you can be artistic and stuff like that, but uh, in having the um, the thirds where you're at uh, a corner on the top, you you essentially break down, um, putting the shot into three sections, both top and bottom, and having your eyes at one corner is really cool. That's artistic, but. When we're talking purely social media content, probably stuff that realtors are doing, front and center is going to work. Oh, another tip. I think I see a lot of people doing this just in general when they're on their phones or uh, any cameras for that matter. When you're not eye level with the camera, you know, when you're kind of looking up at it a little bit or maybe a lot and you, you look a little bit small, you kind of look hunched over. Um, and then vice versa, you know, the meme where you open your phone, you're like, Oh gosh, Oh, I look terrible. You know? And that, that's because that bubble effect is not helping this chin region at all. So, uh, yeah, being eye level with your camera, it helps out so much. It's going to get rid of whatever thing you're not really seeing, but it's just enough to be like, what? What happened to that guy's face? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I was taught that like 10 years ago, Brian Copeland's a realtor out of Nashville. And he was like, you never hold the camera down here. You always hold it up here. And then you get skinnier the higher up you go. It's fine. <laughs> but, 
we all know the girls to do this and they're like you just like a little silhouette left of them but yes i level no, one of the other issues that i see um in real estate well everyone is with lighting and one of the things that we've all had to come to do with zoom is we all have halo lights in our house and we all have to get all the lighting everywhere so how do we know if a shot is well lit and what are some tops to get better lighting when we're doing things yeah for sure um i would agree i definitely see a lot of lighting issues and that has a number of, of causes to it uh, one of the main ones is you're trying to get the most dynamic range out of your camera. And most cameras that we're probably talking about here on our laptop or our, or our phones don't have tons of range, you know, like really nice cameras. And that's why it's very important to have as much soft light as you can, you know. You don't wanna have, let's say you're probably sitting in your office, kind of like both of you are doing. And what I like about both of, y'all's lighting is that you can safely distinct who you are um be like behind you there's nothing that's toppling out of your head or i i can understand you know how how you're looking so yeah that that's very important you don't want this harsh lighting especially on your face because that's probably what you're talking about and you can see that when you're clipping and clipping is when you have these white areas on your face that uh, start to make you look like a ghost and then vice versa you have the really dark areas which majority of the time it's the the clipping you actually have too much light coming in and so many people think oh i need to put up a bunch of lights you know to make everything great and it's like actually that window that you have that you're staring into can be good if you change the blinds so that this harsh light is not coming right at your face you know um and so that's really beneficial you can use the window for sure and you actually do want to point your face to the light but whatever you can do to redirect that light is going to help a ton so that it's bouncing off of something else normally our white rooms our cream rooms and stuff and that's going to end up being a much better looking product and stuff too. Now you can get stuff like, you know, like a ring light. We can talk more about specific. There's just so many lights nowadays and it's so much, I, I can't say everyone else under the sun has said about video. Um, it, it's better than it ever was with how cheap things can be uh, lighting wise uh, with all the technology and stuff, but you could get a ring light. I do, uh, it's not very soft light, I would say. So, you know, when you're looking at someone's eyes and they kind of have this, you can see that ring light in both their pupils, you know. It, yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, at the end of the day, that, that works much better than having no light redirected at you. In fact, a laptop can sometimes emit white light. Just go to Google Docs and have it have it light up your face and then turn down the brightness, you know, if you need to. Mm -hmm. And there you go. That's going to help. Another thing is your background. Like both of your backgrounds are also distinct, but not too dark or too light. And so you're just looking for softness. You know, you're looking for evenness and that's really going to help. And I think it, you go out, if you go out of your way to change the, 
window um, coming in and how that kind of redirects, it's going to make all of the difference in the world with the, the cameras that we have, so. I'm so relieved right now. I was worried that you were gonna get on and just hate the way that Bobby and I look on, on camera. And it sounds like Bobby and I are, are doing okay. I think so. I you do have a weird so. shadow on your face all of a sudden, Alex, like the little light through the blind. You can see all of a sudden, now that you've said that, it's starting to happen. You can tell that I'm in, a, in, on a, in front of a window. <laughs> yes, not ideal, but not bad at all. See, you're kind of avoiding it. It's fine, mm -hmm. it's fine. It's fine, Alex, you have a voice for radio, or face for radio, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about equipment. Obviously, the better equipment we have, the better quality that we're going to have. But if we don't have a mic to plug into our laptop or our phone, what are some ways we can improve the audio in our videos, um, cut back on echo, room noises, things like that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and just like light, um, sound likes to bounce as well. So uh, you're wanting to negate that as much as possible. And that's why the area that you pick to video is not just important for how it looks and stuff, but definitely if the air conditioner unit is right there as well, that's not ideal. So uh, carpets and rugs are great to have when whatever area you're using that. Uh, so you don't have any carpet, well, get your rug. In fact, you can actually, for cheap, this is what video production people do for really cheap, you go and get moving blankets and you can prop them up anywhere you want. Um, just get a really cheap stand and wherever it, it, the camera can't see, then you prop those things up and it, it's really cheap and very effective so that sound is not bouncing um, all over the place and stuff. Yeah, moving blankets, you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot and. Uh, for the amount that you could go on Amazon and be like, oh, sound stuff, and they're char trying to charge you or whatever, just go get some blankets. But uh, taking your rug, yeah, that works really well. And then white noise is very important too. You're always in your office and you have now, like, you, you don't hear that fan that's always going on or you don't hear that clicking that's always going on because you're always there and stuff. So take some time before you're, you know, as you're trying to up your game, like what's clicking in here, you know, or what, what wrestling am I normally doing that I can kind of negate? And that's going to, that's going to help a lot. So, you know, Josh, what about in terms of, you know, video editing software and apps and, and things like that? What, what can our members look at getting on the cheap that might be best for putting together the kind of content that they're most likely creating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, once again, it goes back to how much everything has changed in the past six years and stuff with this type of thing, because there's, it's actually affordable to do this. Um, but what I would say for someone wanting to get a bit more serious with video editing, that's something you should invest in. You know, some people are like, try and get by maybe you know gets I, I don't even know what it's called nowadays sony vegas and it's 70 dollars it, it, it used to be back in the day but i would say go for the big two 
uh, iMovie, if you're on Mac, absolutely, iMovie is going to help you a lot. And it used to be, oh, that's that's crap too, that's not cool, but it totally works great. It works fantastically. In fact, it's on your iPhone. Um, I haven't used it. I know me, who edits for a living, it's going to be kind of tedious and annoying, but I bet you it will do the trick with what you're trying to do. You're trying to add a title, you're mm-hmm. trying to put in the snippet that you need and an exit maybe and putting some text. So that's completely viable and it's all on your phone and then you can export it and it probably shows, oh, post to Instagram, post to YouTube and stuff. If you're wanting to get a bit more into it, uh, when you're doing a long form videos, definitely invest in Adobe Premiere or Final Cut, which is um, also for Mac and stuff. Either one of those two. It used to be quite the war and everything. This is terrible. But they're both great and they're going to do the trick and they work really well with even laptops that are not um, that are not top of the line and stuff. So, and I can't tell you how much YouTube has changed. I'm sure you heard this a million times, but with everything that I learned, I didn't learn in college. I learned it all from YouTube and gathering up that stuff and learning uh, editing there. I took one editing class in college and stuff, but the way that things change so often, you got to stay up to date. So YouTube is your friend. In fact, I, I'm one of the few who, you may know who has a YouTube premium and it is everything you could hope for. What is YouTube premium? Tell us about YouTube premium. No ads, no ads. It's great. It's great. There we go. And on my phone, I can listen to anything that's a YouTube video on my phone, turn it off and it's still going and stuff. So, oh, godsend. I'm doing a one month free trial of it right now. So I'm actually really enjoying it. I needed to do it to do some editing on something or I was trying to do something. I'm like, you need to upgrade to this. I was like, sure. And I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. And I might continue my subscription after this. Um, Josh, one of the final questions and then we'll let you go. Cause we know you have other things to do um, is okay. if any of our listeners are looking to invest just a little bit more money, in making video, where do they start? How do the, what's the thing they spend on? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. I would say first is sound. And you would think coming from the video guy, it's like, oh, by far the best camera that you can get. And so, and believe me, that sounds good to me. But um, the sound that you're wanting to give your audience and to your clients and stuff is vitally important. So it it definitely depends on what medium you're normally using. You know, if it's uh, like you guys are doing, you're on the computer and that's probably where you do your most, uh, your videos and stuff, a lot of them, definitely getting that mic. That's going to benefit you so much in the long run and, and you're not going to have to wrestle with all oh, this this thing got blown out and it just doesn't sound good. People are going to want to hear you better than seeing all the perfect pixels and stuff. Um, so I would say that. And then, you know, I was really thinking about before I was coming on, what is the top three uh, instances that a realtor would, and this is a question for you guys real quick, realtor would use a video and compile a video. So. I would say new listing, 
So putting together a, a, some kind of a video thing for a new listing, whether that's a tour or just a, a brief promotion, um, an educational piece. Uh, mm -hmm. If you were going to do a brief uh, 45 second video or something about what you can expect when you're going through the pre-approval process or something along those lines. Um, and maybe other than that, just a brief introductory video about yourself uh, mm. might be another one. Uh, what do you think, Bobby? What am I missing? Um, like community videos showing different areas of the community and sure. letting people get to know different things within the community. And then sometimes they put together videos after a closing that show the family or the process or this or that or all mm. of their closings put together um, mm. or other things. But really self, who I am, what yeah. I do, the process and houses, their new listings, those are the most two used. Right. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, for one of those, definitely. And just the B-roll compilation, um, you know, of a bunch of different clips when you're showing a house. The second thing I would say to invest in is get your phone and get a gimbal for it. And that is super, super cool. And you've probably seen them and they, they can get really big for really big cameras, but the cheapness of a phone gimbal nowadays is fantastic. And people are going to appreciate your videos, whatever they see so much more when you're slowly flowing through a home than all jittery and um, it just looks unprofessional. People are, it's probably the difference between some, some a client seeing you and your videos and thinking, wow, this person actually is up to date with technology. They know what's going on. And that's, that's a huge plus. I know for me personally, that would be, you know, cause there's so much other technology stuff that goes along with it. And plus it's easier to consume the home, you know, like what it, it looks great. So definitely a gimbal. And I, I, I have to say, Josh, so during the pandemic on Facebook, my son had uh, Hot Wheels races every single night. We, were, we have a six, <laughs> six lane track. We did this for like six months. We have like 350, 400 Hot Wheels. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, after like a couple of nights of shooting it in the shaky video, I went and bought a gimbal. Uh, I have an Osmo Mobile 3. Um, yeah. And my, my brain was thinking, I mean, I'm buying it for the Hot Wheels. <laughs> Um, but and speaking of Hot Wheels, a new Hot Wheel was just handed to me as of hey. this. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's a Reese's peanut butter cup convertible. Oh, wow. Cool. Anyways, um, my brain was thinking I can use this for real estate. And after a couple weeks, I had some out of town buyers who wanted me to go film three houses for them. And they were like, they were like, this feels like theater quality video watching these houses because it was so smooth. Yeah. Walking through the house. I was able to put it on a wide angle so they could see everything. And it it really were and I was like, I know I bought it for the Hot Wheels races, but it really it was a great real estate investment and it's coming off on my taxes this year. So <laughs> That's right. I've got an Osmo as well. I love it. And I, I, you're able to put it on a tripod as well, mm -hmm. and uh, and it can follow you. There are a lot of great things about an Osmo. Yeah, DJI makes some killer products. Yeah, yeah, DJI just as a company has completely changed the game on affordable stuff that you can use. You know, that six years ago there was no way you were getting a, a gimbal. Um, and, right. and movie production quality. And you're right, like the theater looking stuff, that's really, really helpful. And, and it makes everything look great. So yeah, DJ is awesome.
Awesome. Well, well, Josh, this has been awesome. Bobby, do yeah. you have one last question for Josh? I, so Josh, mm -hmm. I changed it. I asked one of two questions at the very end and I'm going <laughs> to ask you the variation of what I didn't ask in the last podcast is what's the one thing we haven't asked you today that we should have asked you? <clears throat> Man. Or what haven't we talked about? Yeah, I, th I think we've, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering the bases. I, I don't know. I, I think that if you're wanting to step up into cameras, um, too, and that just based upon what you said, Alex, like uh, I'm learning a lot as I'm, uh, I'm at KCRAR, like what is beneficial for a realtor, you can um, very for very cheap comparatively do great video with a DSLR type of camera and that's what i would say it's becoming in fact they're mirrorless bodies now it's not dslr you have such small cameras for five hundred dollars that you will be able to use for a very long time and it's going to get you so much much better in um, lower light conditions um, and sometimes you're facing that as as much lights as you can flip on in the house you know um, you need that low light and both Sony and Canon, there's wars going on all the time and stuff like that, but they are top notch. Spending the $500, $600 um, on a good camera and then a wide lens, just one wide lens that you can't even zoom. I mean, you'll blow them out of the water. And uh, it's really exciting time because you have these 15 year old kids who have movie type quality, you know, it where when I was 15, I mean, you had nothing. You didn't have a cell phone or anything like that. And you had to invest $3,000 for filming on tape, you know? So yeah, well, I could talk cameras all day. That's for another day. <laughs> when I was 15, I, we've still had film cameras and I was in high school and we were developing them in the dark room. So it's fine. We don't do yeah. that anymore. We don't even have those. It's fine. Well, Josh, thank you so much for your time today. We really do appreciate you coming in and, jo and joining us on our podcast. And I'm sure that as we this gets aired and people have questions, we will have you back to answer more of our tech video questions. Sweet. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Thanks, Josh. Good stuff.